Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of The Silly Marillion. This is a nerdy little podcast where I, Paul, a lifelong Tolkien fan, I won't say scholar because scholar implies I can quote things verbatim. And while I can quote some things verbatim, I can't actually <laughs> provide academic resources for you to look at. So I'm not a scholar. I just really like it. Uh, it's where I introduce uh, the Silmarillion to Tori, who is also joining me, who doesn't really have as much knowledge as I do on Lord of the Rings, but wants to, and I encourage Hello! That. You're so kind. As much knowledge. It's not even close, Paul. It's not even close. You watch the movies. The movies are... Well, and it I was have my quibbles the extended the version. It is the extended version, but I have my, like, everyone who's ever read a book and then watched a movie based off that book, I have some quibbles. Maybe That's maybe true. we'll get to a Silly Marillion podcast where, I don't know, would we expand the Silly Marillion into when you start reading Lord of the Rings and see how you feel about it? <laughs> hey, I will likely still be having a good time, so. All this, right, well, that's all we need This could extend. Here. <laughs> but yes, so Tori, what experience because I know what experience you have with Lord of the Rings, but just <laughs> how much foreknowledge do you actually have of Lord of the Rings, just the world of Tolkien? Yes, yes. So, I have watched the movies the extended versions because I'm very aware that that is the only right way to watch the movies. Uh, I watched them through for the first time back in October, about six months ago, October of 2020, in yeah, the middle of a pandemic. So Nothing else to do, so let's jump into, you know, Lord of the Rings fantasy. I'd never watched it, and I was kind of waiting to watch them until I read the books. Um and then some friends heard that I had never seen it, and they and one they, friend in particular was that. like, "You are definitely <laughs> watching this. We cannot be friends unless you watch this. You so. must. <laughs> you must see Frodo <laughs> and Sam. You must. But yes, if so... I took one thing away from it, it's that Sam and Frodo are in love. <laughs> exactly, and you know, I think that is like a good place to kind of begin is watching the movies because like they are very good movies um they are and they don't have the slow bits that the books tend to have they're very well done they get most of the good like characterizations across well <laughs> um again i have my quibbles but uh, they are still very good movies so giving people knowledge we recorded our first episode Two days ago. And it was so much fun. It was such good content. God, I wish you could see that content. Unfortunately, however, <laughs> what I was using to record wasn't recording. So for those of you who have missed it, I'm going to have Tori give her best recap of what we covered. So this is going to be a rarity in which Tori is going to be telling me things about the Silmarillion. Get ready for wrong pronunciations and my scribbled messy notes. 
I'm I'm currently I'm the teacher who's now sitting down at one of the desks as you get up. You're turning on your little PowerPoint. Oh, I didn't prepare a PowerPoint. Ah, no. Okay. Just use the overhead projector then. <laughs> All right. Um Silmarillion, which I still don't exactly know what that is. We we'll get we'll get there when oh. we get there. But that's what this podcast is about. It is. And the podcast title, I don't think you've stated it on here yet. Shit. Well, yeah, I said, I, I, I think <laughs> I, when I, didn't when, didn't when we start, I said, welcome to the Silly Merillion. I don't know. Did you? Anyway, this I is did. the Silly Merillion. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Quality content. Where to start, Professor Paul? Where to start? In the beginning. There was creation. <laughs> uh, like so, so I far. have in my in my notes, um, there was like a big honcho god-like figure. And I believe his name was, her name was, their name was, Iru? Yep. Or Iluvatar? Yep. Yes! Started on a roll. Pronunciations, Don't... everything, everything. Yes. Great. Uh, not sure if the spelling is right, but you podcast can't see that, so it's fine. <laughs> so Iru came, and there was basically nothing. Just space. Emptiness, I guess. I don't even know how to further describe that. There was nothing. Um, and then they... Do we? Is there a pronoun for this Iru god person? Iru, uh, it, it says he... He? In uh, in the Silmarillion, I I think, but then again, like I think it's the Finnish translation that uses she/her. Feel free to use the they, which translation. I think. Finnish? Finnish, I think. Oh, that's fun. This might just be something I saw that was made up on the internet, though. So don't quote me on this. <laughs> don't don't fact check us. <laughs> um. So then he created. Uh, beings kind of like angels they don't really they're not really called angels but they're like angels is that correct professor paul looks to the corner do it they is. have it they uh, wait they do have a name they do have a name they do have a name scrolling in my notes uh valor valor technically the angels are the ainur ainur <sighs> and then some of them became the valar ainur Ainur? Ainur. Yep. Ainur. <laughs> Ainur. Um, and this was one that I thought was like one of the most beautiful things that I learned in the mysterious podcast that you guys will never hear. <laughs> <laughs> was that the first thing that was kind of here with the Ainur were like music and kind of singing? Like these beautiful voices that were just singing. So like the first kind of creation was essentially music. Yeah. And I love that. The Ainur, like they were created to sing and make this whole choir. Love that. Beautiful. Tolkien um, loves his music. Good he'll old he'll John let you Boy. know over and over again in his books. <laughs> Oh, that's something else you'll miss out from the first podcast. I learned what the J stood for in J.R.R. Tolkien. 
His name is John. Did Jimmy. you guys know his name was John? It's Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Tolkien. Jacob. Hey, Jimmy Tolkien. <laughs> oh my god, I just need to now just photoshop a picture of Tolkien, but give him like a leather jacket, a fonty <laughs> hairstyle. Call uh, me Jimmy Tolkien. So before I move on to the Einor and the very specific 14 Valor, right? Mm-hmm. 14 Valor? Valor, Is that yeah. Valor? Valor. Uh, Valar. 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 Um, was there anything else with like the music and the Einor and Iru? Basically, you jump in there. Iru has them start singing. There's this really powerful Einor called Melkor. Who's like Oh, the OG bad boy. I'm I'm gonna sing my own stuff, Dad. And so he starts singing his own stuff. And he was like, nah. And they have a they have a song battle, but it's not really a, a battle because Epic rap battles of history. They were the OG. Yes. They were the OG. But like Iru quickly like sp- smacks him down and is like, Nope. You're not getting it. But this is my dream, Dad. I just suddenly had an idea of a um, high, high school musical AU. Oh, my God. And Melkor is Troy Bolton. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he just wants to sing his little songs. And Iru is like, no, you need to play basketball. Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> we are two highly competent people who could possibly create a Silmarillion show for you. Our requirement... <laughs> is that we get? Oh, who's the actor's name? Zach Efron. Zach Efron. Yeah, Zach Efron. Zach Efron to play uh, as Melkor. Melkor. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's... It's the spinoff. No one and asked he can for, sing. but we provided. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Tolkien's probably rolling in his grave so fast. We could use him as a source of clean energy. But, oh um, God. Yeah. So they have this music battle, but Iru quickly slams him down and is like, hey, all the things you thought you were creating, they're actually serving my purposes. So, he's like, I'm going to show you guys what all your songs have created. And he reveals the world to the Ainur. And some of the Ainur look at the world and they fall in love with it. And they fall in love with the children of Iluvatar, who are elves and humans. That's so sweet. They just like look at us and they're like, we love you. Also, like these were new creations. Like these were new people they could talk to and under like and like people who weren't like them. And then they could like learn about them and understand them. And that's like what drew them in as well, which is also kind of romantic. It's very nice. Mm hmm. All right. And then old Jimmy. 14. (laughs) Jimmy. All right. Well, we are definitely calling him Jimmy from now on. But uh, <laughs> specifically, 14 Ainur decide, hey, we're going to descend into the world and help it grow, help it be cool. Uh, Tori, tell me about these 14 Valar. Oh, man. This, I learned so much. All right. So, Valar, 14, because seven is a magic number everywhere everywhere starting off with 
and Professor Paul, feel free to correct my pronunciation. They're always said with a question mark. <laughs> Manway? Yes. And my notes say specifically, King Boy Guy, Melkor's bro, leader of the bunch, yep. Law and Order Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to clarify, he was like the god of Law and Order, of the sky. His kind of special little power was he could hear very, very far. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably some beautiful quotes that Professor Paul can give. Uh, yeah. Ooh. I have the actual book with me right now. Uh, da, da, da. But he's kind of like the the head honcho. Mm-hmm. And also like Melkor's um, equivalent? Rival? Sort of. Uh, he is... I'll just read out this quote. Uh, Manway and Melkor were brethren in the thought of the Luvatar, the mightiest who, uh, of whose Ainur who came into the world was in the beginning Melkor, but Manway is dearest to Luvatar and understands most clearly his purposes. He was appointed to be, in the fullness of time, the first of all kings, lord of the realm of Arda, and ruler of all that dwell therein. He delights in the winds and clouds, and in all the regions of the air, from the heights to the depths, from the utmost borders of the Vale of Arda to the breezes that blow in the grass. Sulimo he is named, Lord of the Breath of Arda. All swift birds, strong and strong of wing, he loves, and they come and go at his bidding. God, so beautiful. Not as beautiful all as the next quotes. person we'll talk about, though. Oh, Varda. So Varda is. Manway's partner, wife, spouse, yeah. goddess that I fell in love with. <laughs> um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just—I <laughs> was about to jump the gun and say what our fan name should be for uh, our fan all the people. Name? Yeah, all the people who listen to the podcast. Uh, the Starfuckers thing. Oh yes. <laughs> Welcome, Starfuckers. Because Paul. Described Varda, which I'll have him read that quote after. And I literally, guys, fell in love. Like, sorry, Steph, my fiance, I'm leaving you for the goddess of stars. <laughs> so, Varda's goddess of stars. Um, and I think this is from the quote, but beauty is so, her beauty is so powerful that it cannot be described. So, we don't even really know what she looks like yeah she's kind of um, like this ephemeral like just out of this world star being whose brilliance is so incredible that like when we do see her it's hard to describe her kind of i don't would you say power is she could see very very far and she is the elves goddess so the elves like worship her specifically and i'd I'd be careful not to use the term worship i think it's i know when it's not like it's not like a religion but yeah tolkien dislikes putting religious connotations of like worship in there uh he says uh the elves hold varda most in reverence and love so see even that makes it sound so special like so much more special i just have have you a special relationship with our Lord and Savior, Varda? <laughs> uh, Professor Paul, please read the quote about Varda so I can fall in love again. Yes. 
Out of the deeps of the world she came to the aid of Manway, for Melkor she knew from before the making of the music and rejected him, and he hated her, and feared her more than all the others whom Eru made. Manway and Varda are seldom parted, and they remain in Valinor. Their halls are above the everlasting snow, the uttermost tower of Tanaquetl, tallest of all the mountains upon earth. When Manway ascends his throne and looks forth, if Varda is beside him, he sees further than all other eyes, through mist and through darkness, and over the leagues of the sea. And if Manway is with her, Varda hears more clearly than all other ears the sound of voices that cry from east to west, from the hills and the valleys, from the dark places that Melkor has made upon the earth. Of all the great ones who dwell in this world, the elves hold Varda most in reverence and love. Elbereth, they name her, and they call upon her name out of the shadows of Middle-earth and uplift it in song at the rising of the stars. Amazing. I and love she, her. She's so, she's so amazing. And that's why <laughs> if you're a fan of Silly Merillion, you are now an honorary star fucker. Come join us. Come join us. Come. And if anyone wants to drop um, fan art of Varda into my DMs, please, I will stare at her all day. So let's see. Next I have Olmo. Olmo, yes. Olmo, uh, Lord of the Waters. I wrote that he is a bachelor. Yes. <laughs> so he's that is by the himself. first thing Tolkien tells us about him. It just says <laughs> Olmo is the Lord of Waters. He's alone. <laughs> um, but then, of course, Tolkien made it sound like beautiful and like the water. He kind of like flows and ebbs and goes as he please, like um, water currents. And mm -hmm. I also wrote in my notes that he loves elves. And that's all I have for him. <laughs> he loves all the children of Eru. He loves elves and men. Uh, because you'll see in the future, there are a lot of times when elves on, in Middle-earth piss off the Valar. So the Valar just ignore them and leave them to their own devices. They piss and... them off more than once? The elves, elves specifically? So we are going to get to that um <laughs> specifically one of my favorite things is like you know how like the elves in like Lord of the Rings are much so like mellow and very chill. Yeah. That's cuz they got all that out in the Silmarillion. Okay. They are feral little bastards in the Silmarillion. So the Silmarillion was their angsty teen phase. It was. It really was. <laughs> They got a lot of it out. Um, See, in my mind, elves are just so cool. They're like the cool fantasy creatures with their pointed ears, and humans are like annoying. And I also say that because, like, I'm a human. I'm annoying. So the fact I mean, that <laughs> the elves annoyed them, I can't. I can't picture it. Well, you'll see. <laughs> Next, Aule, who seems seems like a big deal. Um, oh. Oh, yes. Okay. It's coming back to me. Reading my notes. Reading my notes. <laughs> so, Aule was the god of the earth. Oh. But he gets seduced by Melkor. No. No. That was his, his Maiar. My, Maiar. Yeah. His Maiar gets seduced. Um... Okay, back to Alec. Man, mixing up my notes. God of the Earth. I have more notes about 
is Maiar. So that's what I got. <laughs> yeah, um, Ale is he's like the craftsman of the Valar. He likes building stuff. He likes creating things. And he was the one who wanted to create dwarves, right? Yeah, he made the dwarves. Oh, I'm skipping ahead. I'm skipping ahead. Yeah, we'll get to that right <laughs> after your presentation. I'll do a little <laughs> recovery there. Who you got next? His partner. Would you even call it partner? I don't know what the correct terms are. Spouse. Uh, they use yeah. Tolkien uses the term spouse. Spouse. Okay. His spouse was Yavanna, who was known as Mother Earth. The kind of nature goddess of plants and animals, trees and creatures. She is your tree hugger hippie mom mm-hmm. who loves the earth. Did I miss yeah. anything, Professor Paul? Uh, no. All right. I think right. you got it. And uh, more on Aule and his Maiar later. Um, uh, yeah, we'll cover Sauron later. Next, I have, oh gosh, the, <laughs> I say oh gosh because I don't remember how to pronounce it, Fanturi? Fanturi? Fanturi. Fanturi. <laughs> that still sounds wrong. And it's, I wrote bros, so there's two. Yeah, uh, it's two brothers. Mandos? Yes. And Vare? Uh, is that a different one? That's uh, that's Mandos's spouse, Vire. Oh, all right. I don't have the other bro. I did just kind of yell names at you last time. Didn't <laughs> I? Um, you should see my notes. They are scribbled so fast with question marks on all the names. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there is Mandos. Uh, his true name is Namo, but everyone calls him Mandos because he lives in the halls of Mandos. Which is basically mm. the houses of the dead. He forgets nothing and knows all things that shall be, save only those that lie still in the freedom of Iluvatar. He is the doomsman of the Valar, but he pronounces his dooms and his judgments only at the bidding of Manwe. Uh, Vire, the weaver, is his spouse, who weaves all things that have ever been in time into her storied webs. And the halls of Mandos that ever widen as the ages pass are clothed with them. So he has a growing house. So I don't even want to think of what property tax is like with him. But, uh... <laughs> that, when you were describing to me that Mandos kind of as the hall of waiting, like where elves yeah. go before they kind of are brought back to the earth. Yeah. Which they could wait for who knows how long. They're immortal, so There's, I guess it doesn't matter, but... Well, and it's also, like, as a place of kind of sort of respite, because technically there are some elves who's... Because elves can't really leave the earth, their souls are tied to it. There are some elves whose depression is just so heavy that they just forsake their bodies and their spirits just stay in Mandos, because apparently that's a lot more tolerable than having a body. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, and then some elves, like, you are reincarnated 
or not really reincarnate. You are your body regenerates when the Valar think you're prepared to have a body again. And there are some elves who've done some shitty things and aren't allowed to regenerate their body, so they're just kind of hanging out in Mandos. What do you think they do in Mandos? I don't know. They what does have one like a, do? They don't they have, have TVs. Like a table tennis. They have like table tennis. <laughs> Play some ping pong. I'm thinking like an old church youth group room or something. <laughs> like there's an old Xbox, like a first gen Xbox in the corner. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a table tennis table with like only one paddle. There's uh, all right. That's better than what? Sack. Oh, hacky sack in the corner. I was imagining like detention they're all just like sitting at desks the clock is just growing bigger and they're watching the seconds <laughs> mando's is sitting at his desk he's got like a romantic novel he's reading they're just kind of flipping through they're all waiting for him to fall asleep so they can regenerate on earth <laughs> it's uh it's the breakfast club it's just the library from the breakfast club okay i haven't seen the breakfast club i'm sorry this is something everyone will soon learn about me, is that I don't watch movies. Hence why uh, I didn't see Lord uh, of the appar- Rings. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you just need to show up for more movie nights in the Discord then. Yeah. But yes, next up we've got the oh, little brother of Mandos. Oh, go ahead. Can we go back to, to Va- Vare? Oh, Vare. Vare. Because um, yeah. I think her whole deal is interesting, unique, um, that she just records time on her tapestries and then just puts them on the wall of... Hangs them up. Mandos. Just, like, that's all... I'm just imagining her, like, needle and thread all day, recording everything. Mm -hmm. Wild. How did Jimmy think of this? If anyone skips ahead in our podcast, they're not going to know who Jimmy is, so... Who's Jimmy? Well... (laughs) <laughs> ah, they should just be starting with this episode anyway. Shame on them if they're skipping ahead. <laughs> if they're like, oh, I don't understand this. Well, maybe you should watch them in order, you dingus. So, yeah, Vire, I think he gets, like, the idea from, like, the idea of, like, in Greek mythology, there's, like, the three fates, the oh, three yeah. sisters, and, like, one weaves your life. That's so cool. Or like one spins the wool of your life, one weaves your life, and then one like cuts the thread when you die. And the fact that I like think, not... I don't know, I'm trying trying to remember Disney's Hercules. <laughs> that's what I'm referencing mostly. And um, the fact that like Namo has to keep building Mandos bigger hmm. and bigger for these tapestries. It's the just things you do for the people you love, you know? You know? The sacrifices you make. <laughs> Respect. You got to keep hanging up your spouse's art on your ever-expanding fridge. You know that records every little thing, like that bug that that's crossing the street, going on the wall. Listener, that one embarrassing thing that happened to you in sixth grade. <laughs> no, that's in the tapestry now. Vire will Dead never forget. Look at it. <laughs> Vire knows when you shit your pants. Do you think she orders the tapestry? So, like, this is the room of embarrassing things. I don't know. I think it might all be chronological. So, some every now and you're like walking past a bunch of like epic battles, and then you see this like little, little etching on the bottom of it of some poor elf getting pantsed in the middle of class. (laughs) 
question. When the elves are here in Mandos waiting to yeah. be regenerated, do mm-hmm. they get to just walk along and read all these tapestries? Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's what they do. Just endless so reading. Don't, so don't cheat on your dead spouse because they're going to find out. They will know. They it will look logged. at the tapestry of you banging the next door neighbor. They will come like, back oh. for you. Yeah, once they regenerate. <laughs> now they're justice they're warriors. They're you to look at some tapestries. <laughs> uh... Anyway. Uh, then we have Namo's or Mandos's little brother. I don't Do you have, have his down? name. No, missed that name. Uh, his name is Irmo. Elmo? And Just kidding. Irmo. Oh, gee. <laughs> Shame on you. Uh, uh, but he's also known as Lorian because he lives in the gardens of Lorian. Uh, it's the chill place where everyone goes to get high. Everyone rolls their blunts and just hangs out there. Uh, it, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful place. It's called the fairest things, uh, the fairest place on earth. Mm. Um, eat your heart out, Disney World. <laughs> um, but uh, he's also the master of visions and dreams. Oh yes. So he's king of LSD and all that. <laughs> uh, and his wife is Este, the gentle, and she is the Valar of healing. And rest. And rest, yeah. She's all about just relaxing and getting... She's she's the Valar of self-care. <laughs> so they're the chill couple. They are. They really... If you need to go hang they, out and vibe, look for Irmo and Este. Yeah, head, head out to the gardens of Lorien and just chill with them. <laughs> then you have the... Uh, sister of the Fanturi oh, named yes. Nienna. Nienna. She was someone who I also was like blown away by Tolkien's mind with this. Um mm-hmm. which I'll probably have you read a couple quotes because they're so beautiful. But yes. she sounded so sad at first because she is literally like the the valor of grief and sadness and sorrow she's got like super empathy yeah but you flip that around and like she teaches compassion and empathy and endurance and hope and wow tolkien way to put me on a roller coaster ride like that sounds awful but also mm-hmm. important she was someone else who i was like eh, that doesn't sound like a good time wait she's like my favorite right behind varda yeah Quote me, Paul. Quote you. Uh, she is acquainted with grief and mourns for every wound that Arda has suffered in the marring of Melkor. So great was her sorrow as the music unfolded that her song turned to lamentation long before its end, and the sound of mourning was woven into the themes of the world before it began. But she does not weep for herself, and those who hearken to her learn pity and endurance and hope. Her halls are west of west upon the borders of the world, and she comes seldom to the city of the Valar, where all is glad. She goes rather to the halls of Mandos, which are near to her own, and all those who wait in Mandos cry to her, for she brings strength to the spirit and turns sorrow to wisdom. God, that's beautiful. It is sad, but very wise. Next up, we got the Thor equivalent oh, yes. of the Silmarillion. Tolkien yeah, the Valiant? Yes. 
And my notes say wrestling and strength, strong boy. Yeah. And my favorite, uh, my favorite quote about him is he has little heed for either the past or the future and is of no avail as a counselor, but is a hearty friend. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, don't ask his advice because boy is dumb. But if you have a bully, call on him. He'll beat the shit out of that bully. He'll come help you out. No questions asked. And also, uh, his his weapons are his hands. Like he doesn't wield any weapons. He's just punching you. Who needs weapons when you have fists of steel? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, and I have his spouse as Nessa. Yep. Which my notes say fast, period, and dancer three exclamation points. Yes, she can outrun uh, nearly every living thing. And she delights in dancing. Just vibing. And then her brother is Orome. The monster hunter. Yes. Um, King of creatures. And then I have Alderon, But I don't remember yes. what that is. <laughs> uh, it's another of his elvish names. And oh. it means uh, the Lord of Forests. Lord of Forests. Uh, Tolkien and his double names. Uh, yes, uh, which is something we'll learn throughout the Silmarillion, is the number of the sheer number of names Tolkien gives various characters. And for someone who's bad at names, ooh, on my mm. first walkthrough, that was a uh, walkthrough, watch through, same thing. That mm. was a major discovery that um, Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf the White are the same person. <laughs> and Both uh, played by Ian <laughs> And Smeagol and Golem are also the same person. Yes. Who would have thought? Tolkien, why do you well, have to have go. multiple names for the same person? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get all these people confused. There's no chance. <laughs> uh, oh, next up, we. Oh. I have another important note about Oromay. Yes. Um, his giant white horse, Nahar? Yes, Nahar. Nahar. Very important to him. The first horse. Yep. Oh, first. Wait. Yeah. Did he come with the horse? Did he create the horse? Did he just... I think he just has one. <laughs> it doesn't even say where Nahar came from. It just says, Nahar is the name of his horse. <laughs> so maybe he made Nahar. Maybe Nahar has always been here. Maybe horses are just... Gods in a different body. Oh, beautiful. And do you have the last Valar? Yes. Um, Vanna? Is that correct? Yes. Uh, ever young. The be... younger sister of Norvana? Yavanna. Yavanna. The that was a Aule's wife. Yavanna. They are they are they are the plant sisters, but while Yavanna is all about big trees and big animals, uh Vanna loves flowers and little birds. Yes, my other note says bird singer. Yep. <laughs> Alright, that's all the Valar. How'd I do, Professor Paul? I'm gonna give you a solid A minus. Alright. You did you did good. There were some some little things that could have been corrected, but you know what? Overall, you're getting a passing grade. Woohoo! There was there's a lot of notes. There was a lot. This is still like the prologue of the Silmarillion, right? 
It is. It's <laughs> literally like, this is the beginning of the world. I didn't even know there was a prologue. I didn't even know there yeah. was creation. Whole thing. Very fun. Then, just to save us some time, we got the Maiar, who are basically the helpers and servants of the Valar. They are also Ainur, but they're like lesser in power. Uh, and each one kind of is assigned to a specific uh, Valar. So you got Ilmare, who is Varda's Maiar, and Aonwe, who is the banner bearer and herald of Manwe. And then you got Ase and Uinen, who are uh, apparently the most known to elves and men of the Maiar, because Olmo doesn't really leave his house very much. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of the governing of the oceans goes to those two. My note for um, Asse is uh, surfer dude. He is like surfer party <laughs> dude. Like, soft dude. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. I, I pride myself on my California surfer dude. <laughs> He's got to have like shaggy blonde hair. And just like just rives, floral rides the waves all day yeah, and all night. Board shorts always smells a little salty. Yeah, always sunburned. <laughs> oh, sounds dreamy. Anyway, oh, gotta stop. Uh, <laughs> and then we got Melian, who's most famous for seeing an elf and being like, "I'm gonna fuck that." And then you have Oloran, which is ooh, Gandalf's ooh. real name. Ooh, that one, mind blown. Gandalf yeah. was a Maiar. Yeah, all the wizards are Maiar. And did you guys know there are only five wizards? Yeah, only five of them. And they each have their... Well, actually, they don't each have their own color. Two of the wizards have to share the color blue. Wait, there's only five wizards, and there are so many colors, and they still made two share? I think it's because they were besties, <laughs> and they wanted the same color. Oh, well, that's cute. All right. Because you got Saruman the White. You got Gandalf the Grey. You got Radagast the Brown. Radagast. Brown? And then you... Yeah, Brown. And then you got the Blue Wizards, who are barely mentioned because they went into the East and just never came back. <laughs> Out of all the colors, no one wanted red, orange, yellow, green. They just I, went... I guess they were trying to keep, keep them humble. <laughs> you get brown. But... Okay. Uh, was it Saruman? Is that his name? Yeah. (laughs) I was afraid I was making up names. Saruman um, decides just to be his, uh, his, he's rainbow and his. Yeah, he gets, he gets to, it, like June happens and he's like. Pride month, bitches. Pride month. Yeah, and those are the Maiar. And then, essentially, the enemies are Melkor, who's the Dark Lord, the OG Dark Lord. Sauron, whom he seduced to his service. Take that as you will. (laughs) And then the Balrogs, these big fire demons. They used to serve Aule as fire spirits. But then they're like, no, I'd rather be evil. And then they became As one does. As one does. Sometimes you just got to wake up and choose violence. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. So, more quick recap. So, in the beginning of the world, everything is, like, the world is perfectly symmetrical. Like, there is one central landmass surrounded by ocean, a lake in the middle of that, 
and then you got uh an island in the middle of that lake and then and that's uh, on that I- arda correct yes uh, well the whole world is arda okay. this specific continent doesn't really have a name but then melkor uh, and then they got uh since there's no sun or moon yet oh uh varda please describe those lady. that was one of my favorite parts yes uh while paul looks for it they didn't have any light so they built lanterns two specifically huge lanterns how dreamy how dreamy and then spoiler alert varda the best best goddess put stars and like starlight into the lamps yes i'm so in love with that whole concept uh, there was need of light, and Aule at the prayer of Yavanna wrought two mighty lamps for the lighting of Middle-earth, which he had built amid the encircling seas. Then Varda filled the lamps, and Manwe hollowed them, and the Valar set them upon high pillars, more lofty than, there are, uh, than are any mountains of the later days. One lamp they raised near the north of Middle-earth, and it was named Iluin, and the other was raised in the south, and it was named Ormal. And the light of the lamps of the Valar flowed out over the earth, so that all was lit, as it were, in a changeless day. So there's no nighttime. Everything's just bright as hell all the time. And it's just bright from starlight. It's, yeah, so and it's dreamy. just really concentrated starlight. And two lanterns on either side, north and south. I love that. Quite amazing. Dead. Oh, I also have a note here. Oh, well, this is a... This might be skipping to the next part, but I have that Melkor is the Grinch. Yes. And he does something very rude to my favorite lamps. <laughs> yeah, he knocks them over. He he just shows up. Like a he little bee. Everyone's, everyone's distracted. I'm just imagining just... him tiptoeing like the Grinch <laughs> over to one of the lanterns and like shoving it so it falls off. Melkor looks at the lamp and then he does that weird like Grinch smile. <laughs> Takes up his whole face. Just everything curls. Yeah. It, it, oh, God. If it's the Jim Carrey grin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't handle that. <laughs> so, yeah. So then he destroys the lamps. And because the lamps have concentrated fire in them, they just start to burn and ravage everything. What a party pooper. The world gets changed again so that there is. Uh, a large continent far to the west called Amon. And the Valar are like, well, we can't live in our old home anymore. So uh, we are going to instead live out in the west. We're going west. We're going out to L.A. Everyone always going west. They're always going out <laughs> there. And so they go out west, create the land of the Valar, Valinor. Oh, Valinor. Yeah, there's there's Valinor, and the capital city city is Valimar. Oh God, Tolkien, so, I'm about to get confused. That's okay. Wait, that's the Valor go west to Valinor. Yeah, the Valar go west to Valinor, and the capital city is Valimar. <laughs> Stay tuned as Tori mixes up these three names. <laughs> I, you know what, when. I'll probably know what you're referencing and just <laughs> nod and be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As our listeners scream at me in frustration. Honestly, I think the listeners were really trying to reach out to. 
are just the casual fans who are like, oh, cool, I didn't know that. <laughs> Learn along with me. Learn along with Tori. So they go back there, they raise these, this giant mountain wall along the coast to guard their realm. Manwe and Varda set up shop on the tallest mountain and just hang out there. Yeah, everything's very cool and chill. And then one day, Aule makes the dwarves, Ooh. and he's like, ah. Oh. Before we move on oh, yes. to those creation, um, I want to bring back a question. Yes. So if you could be any of the Valor, which one would you be? I'd want to be maybe Aule, because he's got, he gets to make all this cool shit. And frankly, having a almost kind of feral plant wife sounds ideal for me. <laughs> so I need to find you a plant wife, Paul. Find me a plant wife. Copy that. I, this is my command to you, Tori. Bring <laughs> me a plant wife. Who would, who would you want to be, Tori? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, maybe Manway, just so I could be married to Varda. I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, oh, you're going to pick Manway, aren't you? <laughs> You get to be king, and you're married to Varda. God, he's living the life. Or it really is. Um, hold on, I gotta scroll. Or Nessa, because just dancing all day sounds he's like my lying. ideal scenario. Yeah, she's she's got her glow sticks, and she's just <laughs> mm, 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 mm. just raves. Um, moves raves on next day, days. swing dancing. Maybe some breakdance oh moves yeah. at night. Wake up and it's swing time. Did I already say swing? I don't know. I'm running out of dance moves. <laughs> yeah. Country. <laughs> Line dancing. Two-stepping. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll bring in some awkward middle school dances. Uh, Cha-cha slide. Yes. Do some floss. <laughs> oh, God. Having flashbacks. Uh, to some TikTok dances. dances. We'll have a whole section of oh, TikTok no. dances with the rest of the, the Valar. <laughs> oh, you gotta do a TikTok where you cosplay Nessa and just do your dances. <laughs> um, you have to come Whoa. over and be ally then. Okay, I'll teach you. I'll just have a hammer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll figure that out. Yeah, and then so one day they're in their new home of Valinor. And Aule's like, I'm going to make the dwarves because I'm tired of waiting for the elves and humans to show up. I want to teach people. I want to chill with them. So he makes the dwarves. And Iru shows up. And he's like, the fuck, dude? I had, I had one rule. And it's like, you can't make life like that. And Aule's like, well, I want to be like you, dad. I want to be like you. And so uh, he's just like, all right, well... I guess that's fine. Oh, wait, no. Aule goes, I want to be like you, but if you want me to, and if you ask it of me, I will destroy my creations. And he's about to destroy his creations when uh, his creations call out and ask for mercy. And Iru's like, oh, do you hear that? They called out for mercy. If they weren't really alive, they wouldn't have done that. I have given them souls because you were so humble with your creation, and I saw that you were true of heart. And you just didn't want, and you didn't want to just rule over them. You actually wanted to have these children, basically, of yours. So yeah, the reason I will creates them again. Yeah, Tolkien, so beautiful. He was just like, I want kind of my own 
children. I want someone to love and to teach with like mm-hmm. no selfish thoughts at all. Yeah, uh, I desired things other than I am to love and to teach them so that they too might perceive the beauty of the world which thou hast caused to be. And it's just, That's aw. so wholesome. Good dad. Good dad. <laughs> and so Eru's like, okay, sounds good, but uh, I am going to adopt them because I have my children, elves and men. They, these will be my adopted children because I have now given them souls. But because I, they aren't going to be the firstborn, the elves are going to come first. I'm going to put them into a dreamless sleep until their time to awake arrives. So he takes the seven forefathers of the dwarves and seven scatters dwarves. them across the world. It's always seven. In these, yeah, in these safe little caverns and puts them to sleep until it's time for them to wake up. And then he goes away and Aule goes to his wife and is like, babe, check it out. I made people. Look at my and little creatures. Like, Look at my little dwarves. My little guys. Look what I created, babe. little dudes running around. <laughs> Don't you love them? They're amazing. They're beautiful. Kisses their forehead. Look at them. And then Yamana goes, that's great, honey. But because you didn't even fucking tell me about this and I am your wife, I could have like included a balance of them enjoying nature. But since you didn't tell me, they don't have that. And so they're going to cause all sorts of shit for me. Because they're not going to respect the trees. And Ale goes, well, no one's going to respect the trees. Everyone's going to cut down your trees. And she's like, oh. Okay. And so she goes to Manuel. I have a yeah. little side tangent. Yeah. Because I can totally relate to her right now. This is like when my fiance, Steph, got a chameleon and didn't tell me they got a chameleon. Wait, Wait they didn't tell they you? They didn't tell me. Did you find out on the Twitter post? Or I was it just found like, out. It showed up at your door. I found out when a box showed up at my door that oh said, careful, live animal. Oh my and God. And I was like, Steph, what the fuck is this? Open the box and it's a chameleon egg. And you're like, and because thou hast hidden this from me, <laughs> it will not love the things I love. Exactly. So I can relate. I can relate. A mood. So she goes to Manway and she's like, let me read this. Therefore she went before Manway, and she did not betray the council of Aule, but she said, King of Arda, is it true as Aule hath said to me that the children, when they come, shall have dominion over all things of my labor, to do, with as, they, uh, to do as they well therewith? It is true, said Manway. But why dost thou ask? For thou hast no need of the teaching of Aule. Then Yvonne was silent and looked into her own thought, and she answered, Because my heart is anxious, thinking of the days to come. All my works are dear to me. Is it not enough that Melkor should have marred so many? Should nothing that I have devised be free from the dominion of others? And I just love that, because she's like, I love this shit, and yet everyone else's creations are going to have command over them. They're just going to come and mess them up. they're just going to rip things out. Yeah. And so... I see where she's coming from. Yeah, and Manway is like, well, what, if you could protect one thing in particular, what would you protect? And she's like, well, the animals under my care, they can run away and they can fight back. Uh, but the plants can't. And specifically, I'd want to protect the trees because they take so long to grow 
and they are so beautiful and I love them so much. And so Manway is like, okay, uh, there will now be Ents to guard Ents. the forest. Big walking stick boys. Yeah, and if, if, every, if anyone fucking messes with your trees, they're going to have to deal with these tree boys right here. <laughs> and Yavanna, I got to read this quote again. Uh, then Manway and Yavanna parted for a time, and Yavanna returned to Aule, and he was in his smithy pouring molten metal into a mold. Iru is bountiful, she said. Now let thy children beware. For there shall walk a power in the forest whose wrath they will arouse at their peril. Nonetheless, they'll have need of wood, said Aule, and he went on with his smith work. And he's just like, eh, fine, but still gonna cut down trees. Poor trees. So yeah, that's as far as we got last time. Which uh, was so much ground to cover. So many light bulb was. moments. So many, oh. So many of them. Oh. Now we actually get to talk about elves. Elves. So the elves eventually wake up in Middle Earth. They don't wake up in Valinor, which is far to the west. They wake up in this place called Quivienen. 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 The water of awakening. Ooh. Wait, they wake up in water? They wake up beside water. They wake up next to this massive lake and... They name the place where they grow up uh, Quivianen. Mm-hmm. How- no, first off, before all this, the Valar like have a council, and they're like, "Well, what should we do? Because the elves are going to arrive at some point, and Melkor is still out there, because Melkor's made this secret fortress called Utumno, far to the north." Is he just vibing up there by himself? Well, he's fucked up a lot of shit, and he's just kind of biding his time, because specifically he wants to basically conquer the children of Luvatar and become their master, mm. because he can't make life himself. But then, uh, in this council, Mando spoke, and he said, In this age, the children of Luvatar shall come indeed, but they come not yet. Moreover, it is doomed that the firstborn shall come in the darkness, and shall look first upon the stars. Great light shall be for their warning, uh, for their waning. To Varda ever shall they call it need. Oh. Then Varda went forth from the council, out from the height of the mountain, and beheld the darkness of Middle-earth beneath the innumerable stars, faint and far. Then she began a great labor, greatest of all the works of the Valar since their arrival in Arda. She took the silver dews, oh yeah, and in Valinor, sorry, I forgot to mention this, uh, two trees are grown by Yavanna that fill uh, Valinor with light. One is called Telperion, which is like silver moonlight, and the other is Lordalin, which is golden sunlight. And their lights mix at like different junctures. One, one waxes while the other wanes, and so on. But uh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, Varda took the silver dews from the vats of Telperion, and therewith she made new stars and brighter against the coming of the firstborn. Wherefore, she whose name out of the deeps of time and the labors of the earth was called Tintalie, the Kindler and was called by the elves Elentare, Queen of the Stars, Carnil and Luinil, Nenar and Lumbar, 
Al Carinque and Lemire. She brought uh, she wrought in that time and many others of the ancient stars she gathered together and set as signs in the heaven of Arda, Wilwarin, Telumendel, Soronume, and Anarima, and, Menel, uh, and Menelmakar with his shining belt that forebodes the last battle that shall be at the end of days. And high in the north, as a challenge to Melkor, she set the crown of seven mighty stars to swing, Valakirka, the sickle of the Valar, and a sign of doom. So basically, she's like, I'm making constellations, bitch. <laughs> I love Move her. Over. Also, how, where, yeah. when did you learn to pronounce all these things? I've been single for a long time. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you just comb through the book and look for new words to practice your pronunciation well, on? There's a... In at the end of Return of the King, there's a bunch of appendices of like history of Middle Earth and stuff like that, and then there's also like a little bit on how to pronounce Elvish Ooh. by uh by Tolkien, and he's like, "This is how you pronounce." Were all this. those words you just said Elvish? Yeah. Ooh, we're gonna have yeah, to have a just Elvish. We'll have podcast. an Elvish episode. Learning Elvish. Yeah. With Paul and Tori. With Paul and Tori. Listen as Paul's sweet voice says each word and Tori fucks it up. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, make it sound like an NPR. <laughs> and welcome back to Elvish Hour with Paul and Tori. Uh, anyway. Because you pronounce those all stellar. Excellent job. I was just, you can't see me, but I was just listening with my jaw to the floor. You're blown away. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, so, with, uh, as, and apparently according to tradition, as soon as Varda finishes making the last constellation, the elves wake up at Quivienen, the Water of Awakening, and they look up and they just see the stars and they fall in love with them. I would too. Actually, I did. <laughs> Maybe I'm an elf, Paul. Maybe you are. You're an elf. Who Tori. doesn't know the language? <laughs> Long lost elf. Anyway, sorry. You are not culturally elvish, but you are an elf. inside, in my hearts. Yeah, by the starlight mirror of Quivien and Water of Awakening, they rose from the sleep of Iluvatar, and while they dwelt yet silent by Quivien, and their eyes beheld first of all things the stars of heaven. Therefore, they have ever loved the starlight and have revered Varda above all the Valar. Same. It's just oh, so good. <laughs> oh, uh, the land, the little land beside this massive inland lake is called Quivienen. The lake itself is called the Sea of Helkar, the inland Sea of Helkar. So I'm guessing it's like, I don't know, like the Great Lakes. As we compare it to the U.S. Yes, of course. But yeah, uh, and so then the elves literally just chill there. Uh, they're just relaxing. Looking at the stars? Yeah, they're just chilling, looking at the stars. They sing quietly to themselves and just enjoy being there. So they just wake up. They're by this lovely lake. The stars look beautiful. There are constellations now. Yeah. Oh my god, that is gorgeous. Oh, um, it does kind of make me think of, like, the lakes in California, like, up in the mountains. Got a little waterfall. 
Yeah. See, okay, if I woke up with those kind of stars, I too would be like Barda, all hail forever well, and it's after. Not like you haven't already. True. <laughs> <laughs> what we've learned in today's podcast is Tori is an elf. But yeah, they fall in love with it. And oh, and apparently uh, the Sea of Helkar used to be partly where uh, Mordor was. Ooh. Anyway, uh, I just realized that myself. <laughs> so the elves just chill there and uh, they called themselves the Quendi, signifying those that speak with voices because they had, they never, they had not yet met anyone else who could speak. Does, does Tolkien give you like any number of elves that were created or is it just like collectively the elves? He just awoke? collectively hmm. has them. And so they just kind of hang out there for a time uh a long while actually just chilling by this one spot they don't really go anywhere because they are surrounded by these wild woods and melkor is aware of them how did he know he's just always watching well yeah uh for by after knowledge the wise declare that melkor ever watchful was first aware of the awakening of the quendi and sent shadows and evil spirits to spy upon them. He would. And them. He has nothing else to do. <laughs> uh, so it came to the pass that if any of the elves strayed far abroad, alone, or few together, they would often vanish and never return. Oh, hey. And the Quendi said the hunter had caught them, and they were afraid. What happens to them? So it doesn't necessarily say, but it is essentially believed that those elves were taken away to Melkor's fortress and tortured brutally Ugh. until they became the orcs. Oh, heck. Yeah. So, hold on. They were just so on. brutally changed. I'm having a Tory Lightbulb moment. So, orcs are just tortured elves? Yes. Damn, that's dark. Though technically, by now, they are just orcs. They aren't really elves anymore because that has... But they kind of started, really like, that's how that race them. kind of yeah. came to be. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's dark. So then eventually, uh, Orome, the hunter, he's one of the few Valar who still liked going to Middle-earth, and he'd ride around and see how things are. Uh he came across the elves and a lot of the elves are like, oh shit, it's the hunter. He's come to kill us. <laughs> and so they ran away. But uh, several of them stuck around and they hung around Orome. And he's like, what's wrong? And they're like, don't you know? There are fucking monsters in those woods. And he's like, ah, fucking Melkor. <laughs> Melkor again? So, He's just a thorn in everyone's side. So yeah. Uh, Orome then returns to Valinor and is like, what should we do? I found the firstborn children of Iluvatar. And they hold a council and eventually they're like, well, let's bring them to live here where we can keep them safe and they don't have to be worried about anything. So they go out west? And so, yeah, and so Orome returns. And of course the elves are like, uh, you're just stranger danger. You're just trying to abduct us. <laughs> No, we're not leaving with you. So he's like, well, what if I take three representatives from you guys, take them 
across the sea to uh, Valinor, bring them back, and show you like that they're perfectly fine. Field trip. And they're like, okay. So they send uh, three. Ingwe, Finwe, and Elwe. Uh, and these three become very important because they be basically later become the kings of the elves. Ooh. Yeah, they go out and c- they come back. And when they come back, because they have been in the presence of the trees of Valinor, their like faces are glowing and they're like they're so beautiful when they come back. They are changed elves. That was some field trip. Uh, and coming, they were filled with awe by the glory and majesty of the Valar, and greatly desired, uh, and desired greatly the light and splendor of the trees. And they bring them back, and like they talk to their people, and they're like, "No, we should totally go there." And so they all start out. Ingwe leads his people. Yeah, they uh, they are the High Elves. Ingwe. Ooh, I had to um, think for a second what kind of high we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely like the oh, that kind of high elf. <laughs> pinky's not really out. The, yeah, pinky's out. Fancy. They are the Vanyar. They are the highest of elves. That they was are Ingwe. Yeah, Ingwe. He was their lord, and one of their most notable features is they tend to have golden hair. Ooh. And that's what we tend to know most about them. Uh, and they are like the most noble elves, but they are rarely ever actually involved in the history of Middle Earth because they mind their own fucking business, <laughs> as you'll soon find out. Then you have the second kindred of elves called the Noldor. They tend to have black hair. Their lord was Finwë, <laughs> and they are very much like the crafting elves. Like they love built like crafting things and creating things. And so, like, they get along really well with Aule. Mm, okay. And then there are the Teleri, who are led by Elwe. And they are the most numerous. Like, if the Vanyar are, like, say, like, one-eighth, and the Noldor are three-eighths of the population, then the Teleri are the other half completely. Ooh. Like most elves you meet would be Teleri. And they are also known for having silver hair. Silver hair. So you can tell the difference between these elves by their hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the Vanyar were the people of Ingwe. They are the fair elves, the beloved of Manwe and Varda. And few among men have spoken with them. Next came the Noldor, a name of wisdom, the people of Finwe. They are the Deep Elves, the friends of Aule, and they are renowned in song, for they fought and labored long and grievously in the northern lands of old. The greatest host came last. They are named the Teleri, for they tarried on the road, and were not wholly of a mind to pass from the dusk to the light of Valinor. In water they had great delight, and those that came at last to the western shores were enamored by the sea. The sea elves, therefore, they became in the land of Amon, the Falmari, for they made music beside the breaking waves. Two lords they had, for their numbers were great. Elwe, which, uh, Elwe Singolo, which signifi- signifies Grey Mantle, and Alwe, his brother. And they kind of become the three 
great kindred of elves. And so they begin this long journey far into the west. Uh, like, Orome will leave them at times, and at that point, like, they get nervous. Yeah, I would be too. Kinda, Field trip and the just guide just move. like, I'll be back. Yeah, he le- he'll leave, and like, so then they just kind of sit there. And look at uh, the stars. And so, uh, Orome returns to the Valar, he's like, we gotta do something about Melkor, because he might try to stop the elves from going into the west. So they attack Utumno. Uh, they attack the fortress as the gods. And because, like, they're gods, this war they have is so tremendous. God like, fight. it ruins so much of the land. Yeah. And, like, the elves can't even say what happened because all they heard was, like, great rumblings and thunder and lightning. I was and, about to say, basically like, a thunderstorm. Yeah, like, looking into the distance, they saw, like, great lights and flashes and, like, earthquakes and stuff. Um, but eventually Melkor is subdued. They chain him up and throw him into Mandos, where he's imprisoned. And so his great fortress is ruined completely. However, there was a secret outpost called Angband, where Sauron and his Balrogs fled. Mm. And then they hid there, waiting for Melkor's return. But yeah, in the meantime, the elves slowly start making their way until they reach this far western part of Middle-earth called Beleriand on the western shore. And then they just kind of hang out there for a while because the ocean's in the way. And so, like, the Valar are trying to figure out logistics of how to move all these people across the ocean into the west to Elf Heaven. And while they do it, Elway... He goes into the, uh... oh, whoops. I'll just read this out. Melian was a Maya of the race of the Valar. She dwelt in the gardens of Lorien, and among all his people there were none more beautiful than Melian, nor more wise, nor more skilled in songs of enchantment. It is told that the Valar would leave their works, and the birds of Valinor their mirth, that the bells of Valmar were silent, and the fountain ceased to flow, when at the mingling of the lights Melian sang in Lorien. Nightingales went always with her, and she taught them their song, and she loved the deep shadows of the great trees. She was akin of, before the world was made to Yavanna herself, and in that time, when the elves were awoken beside the waters of Quivienen, she departed from Valinor, and came to Middle-earth, and there she filled its silence before the dawn, and her voice and the voices of the, her birds. Now when the elves were come to Beleriand, Elway, lord of the Teleri, went often through the great woods to seek out Finway, his friend, in the dwellings of the Noldor. And it chanced on a time that he came alone to the starlit wood of Nan Elmoth, and there he suddenly heard the song of nightingales. Then an enchantment fell on him, and he stood still, and off afar beyond the voices of the Lomalindi, he heard the voice of Melian, and it filled his heart with wonder and desire. And he forgot utterly all his people and the purposes of his mind. And following the birds came under the shadow of the trees. He came to Nan Elmoth and was lost. But he came at last to the glade upon, open to the stars, and there Melian stood. And out of the darkness he looked at her, and the light of Amon was in her face. She spoke no word, but being filled with love, Elway came to her and took her hand, 
and straightway a spell was laid on him, so that they stood thus, a uh, so that they stood staring at each other for years, Whoa. as the stars wheeled above them. They just stood and stared. Yeah, they were so enchanted with each other that they stood there for years. For years. And the entire time, Elway's people are looking for him. They're like, we don't know where oh, the fuck no. he is. They're just vibing in a glade, just staring mm -hmm. at each other. And they just fall head over heels for each other, just staring into each other's eyes while his people are freaking out. <laughs> uh, eventually, uh, the Valar decide, hey, Olmo, can you take this massive island and just make it like a boat basically to ship them over here. And he's like, yeah, I can do that. So he takes this huge island and parks it up next to the land. He's like, get on everyone. And so the Vanyar are like, let's go. Woo. And then the Noldar are like, well, are the Teleri coming? And the Teleri are looking for Elway. Oh no. And they're like, we can't find him. <laughs> and so the Valar are like, okay, we'll wait a bit. This but, is suddenly like, turned need... into the hangover. We're yeah, all looking for that one person who got too drunk in Vegas. Where, where is he? <laughs> uh, and so they're like, okay, well, search for him. And they can't find him for like years. So eventually the Valor are like, okay, come on, we got to go. And uh, Olway, Elway's brother, is like, okay, I will lead all our people who still want to go into the West. And there are a group of elves who are like, nah. We're we're looking for Elway. We're finding our our Lord. Man, their dedication, searching for years, respect. Yeah, and they're like, we're gonna stay here. You guys go into the West. We'll be fine. And so always like, okay, I'm. He appoints Kirdan, uh, who appears in Lord of the Rings. Actually, he's the oldest elf in Lord of the Rings. Oh my God, how uh, so, old is he? So old. Uh, he's one of the first elves, I think. He Heckin was one old. of the first elves to wake up. And because elves are immortal, he's just kept on living. He's so old, he's grown a beard. That's how <laughs> old of an elf he is. Um, and so he kind of becomes the lord of the uh, elves who stayed behind to look for Elway. And he stays on the coasts. And he's like, we'll, we'll keep looking. And so all the elves go to uh, go into the west but the Teleri, who love the stars so much, they're like, can you just stop the island just outside these mountains so that we can see the trees but also see the stars? And so they live there for a time while the Noldor and the Vanyar just kind of settle down in the west. And then eventually they're like, okay, we want to go now. And so we want to go live on the mainland with uh, the Noldor and Vanyar now. So wait, they didn't find Elway? Uh, they eventually do. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, and so Olmo teaches the elves living on that island how to build boats. And then they sail to the final bit of the west. Wow. And hang out there. Um, and the boats are still how they get to elf heaven, right? Yep. Because that's how Return of the King, the movie, ends at least. Yes, and that's how the book ends as well. And mm. Kirdan, is the one who stayed behind, is called the shipwright because he builds the boats to send the elves to elf heaven. Oh. Uh, the elves to elf heaven. Whoa, are they one way ships? And, yeah, they are kind of one way <laughs> ships. But uh, and if 
you believe some people he's also in love with Olmo, and that's why he's unwilling to go into the West because he just wants to hang out on the shore with Aww. his beach boyfriend. That's so sweet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, eventually the spell breaks, and Elway and Melian are like, "We're married now, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." Because they've just kind of been like psychically like in each other's mind this entire time. And he reveals himself to the elves who stayed behind. And uh, they're like, oh, are we going into the West? He's like, why should we go into the West? I got my hot wife right here. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. And so um, he takes on the name Ilu Thingol. Oh, not uh, another name. And it means King Grey Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> and his people become known as the Sindar. They are still Teleri, but they're specifically known as the Sindar because they are the Grey Elves, the Elves of Twilight. Mm. And they've they stayed behind in Beleriand. And uh, that's where we're going to end today's episode. Ooh. So now we have the Elves. The Elves. And the Dwarves still aren't here, right? They're still like The sleeping? Dwarves will still be asleep. Ah. Yes. For like another few hundred of years. Eventually they do wake up. And they meet like the Sindar elves first. And they're like, hey, let's trade. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. God. Tolkien's mind. There's Galaxy so brain. Here. Ugh, it hurts my brain sometimes. <laughs> but anyway... Thank you, everyone, for taking your time to listen to this first inaugural episode of Silly Marillion. Uh, we hope to do plenty of these in the future, eventually getting through the entire Silmarillion. Um, and then who knows? We might keep on going with just Tori exploring more of Lord of the Rings. I have the books. Maybe I'll you read through, ask Prof Professor Paul some questions. Huzzah. Uh and yeah, we might maybe do like a like when you finish each book, we can have like a so what'd you think? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we hope to see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.